This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The Financial Management Certificate of Achievement is the brainchild of Professor Raghavendra Rao. Part of Executive Education's expanding portfolio, it offers a comprehensive introduction to the major concepts of the theory behind finance. Professor Rao, Sir Evelyn de Rothschild Professor of Finance, says the programme is based on six two-day modules that students can take whenever they want over a 12-month period. It's a programme that offers those switching into financial positions or those who have already made the transition the chance to advance their confidence and indeed their competence in the concepts underpinning decisions made by investors and corporate managers. I look at the course from four different perspectives. It's not just executives at companies, though those are the primary focus of it, but the uh, companies are basically demanders of finance. They need money to go out to invest in uh, investment projects. They need money to uh, build factories, to produce products that customers will buy and so on. Uh, but the money that comes from is comes from the shareholders who are the investors. Um, the government sits back and regulates the whole process to make sure that neither side rips off the other. Um, and there are financial intermediaries who help the process of this. The demanders of finance, the firms, raise the capital from the suppliers of finance who are the shareholders. So when I'm thinking about this course, when I think of these six modules in the course, we try to explore it from all these different perspectives. So we look at the executives, the people who work for particular firms, what they need to do to appeal to investors because they're trying to raise money from the investors, what kind of projects should they invest in, what is the type of capital they need to raise? Should they need to raise debt? Should they need to raise equity? And so on. From the point of view, the investors who would be another group of people who would want to take the course, or financial intermediaries, who are suggesting to investors what, uh, what uh, securities they invest in, how do I achieve the highest amount of return for the minimum amount of risk? Uh, what is, should I trust this firm when this firm comes to me and says, this is a great investment opportunity, please invest in me. But we know that he's going to say that anyway, even if he has a terrible investment opportunity. So why should I believe him? How do I know what's a good security, what's a bad security? That's from the uh, investor's perspective. So in, in essence, what you're saying is there are four perspectives, managers, investors, governments, and financial intermediaries. In general terms, these are all stakeholders, aren't they? So obviously they interact, but is it solely on, on financial terms, on in-profit or up-for-profit terms? Finance is not concerned with profits. Um, there's, there's, that is a huge misconception which people talk about when they say, you know, uh, firms end up maximizing profits, people lose, shareholders lose, everybody. It's actually nothing to do with profits, something to do with value. In fact, in my first course on corporate investment, I start with a case where a company is maximizing sales, maximizing profits, but destroying value for the shareholders. So it's entirely possible that you can have um, a company maximizing accounting measures like profits and so on, but destroying value. What does value mean is actually a completely different question. There the concept is that of economic value. So in other words, if I have a car which I want to sell for a thousand pounds and you want to buy it and you're willing to pay two thousand pounds for it, if you settle at fifteen hundred, we're both well off. I've got 500 pounds more than I was willing to sell it for. You got it for 500 pounds less than what you're willing to sell it for. That is a, that's a concept of economic surplus in a way. Both of you have come up or come out with a surplus and that's a good economic trade. So that's what we're talking about. It's not just maximizing profits. It's about making sure that everybody gets some value out of the deal. In essence, it's about uniting the intentions and aims of the stakeholders and creating a common framework. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The, there is uh, only one framework we talk about in all the six modules, um, and the underlying idea is actually very straightforward. It just basically says there is no such thing as a free lunch. That's the basic underlying idea behind everything in finance. Very simple. Very simple. So how do these six principles kind of fit into a bigger picture? Well, um, the, there are, we, we actually talked about the four different perspectives. Uh, from each of the, what we do is those four perspectives can actually be translated into six ideas. Those six ideas come back to that basic principle of no free lunch. But what the six ideas are, are net present value, which is basically the focus of our corporate investment class, tells you uh, what sort of investment should a firm do. Suppose I've already raised the money, I need to invest in something, where do I put it in? But net present value consists of three components. You've got cash flows, you've got discount rates, and you have a choice of what kind of equity you're using to finance those cash flows. So for example, uh, when you try to figure out what that discount rate is, that's the second course, portfolio management, where we look at the investor perspective. I'm trying to raise money um, from a particular investor. So I go to him and I say, look, I have this great investment opportunity, invest in me. And he says, why should I? He will allocate the right interest rate you need to pay him in order to persuade him to invest in you. So for a manager, managing that is very important. And also for an investor, because he wants the highest return for the risk he gets. The third idea is what combination of securities is correct. That's called capital structure theory, and that's yet another course called raising capital, where we talk about the combination of debt and equity to have. Final course in that same series is on options and derivatives because those are particular types of risk management securities. So we spend two days on that, on, a, on how to manage risk in a particular company. We have two more courses, one on behavioral finance, which talks about what happens when markets are not efficient. That's our fifth idea. And then finally, an idea on corporate governance, which talks about what happens when, because managers have their own agendas, and investors have their own agendas, so how do we reconcile everything into a common framework? So what you're talking about in, in, in round figures and round terms is you're, you're explaining how a firm, an organization, a company interacts with the wider world. Correct. A phrase that you use frequently is, is asymmetric information. What exactly do you mean? Asymmetric information is actually um, very straightforward. The idea is, um, in any trade, think of, think of yourself buying a house, right? Who would know more about the value of the house, you or the seller? It's obviously the seller, right? I mean, the person who sells the house has been living in the house presumably for many years. He knows the defects, he knows those plumbing problems. He's not going to tell you all that up front. Uh, so he has more information than the buyer. The point is, when people think about who is disadvantaged by the lack of information, people automatically say the person with less information is disadvantaged. But that's not true in the case of asymmetric information, because the person with less information knows they are disadvantaged, so what they're going to do is offer a lower price for that. So in other words, if, I have, if, I have a, if I'm trying to sell a house and I'm not telling the buyer anything about the house, the buyer will offer me a very low price. If I want him to give me a higher price, I will have to reveal more information. I will have to reduce the level of asymmetric information. So asymmetric information is actually bad for a seller of a good product. So at the end of the day, what do I get? Well, you get the Cambridge Financial Management Certificate of Achievement. That is basically a certificate awarded to you if you take four out of the six modules in the available. Now, 
you can take all six. That will give you um, that will give you an exposure to the entirety of finance. But if you're interested, for example, only in corporate finance, you would take naturally the modules on corporate investment. You would take the module on portfolio management, uh, on raising capital, and on corporate governance. If, on the other hand, you were looking for the investor's point of view, if you're interested in wealth management, for example, you would take the course on portfolio management, uh, you would take the course on options and derivatives, behavioral finance, and probably, again, corporate governance. So depending on what you're interested in, if you're looking at the corporate side or the investor side, you would choose a set of four out of these six modules. And essentially, at the end of the day, you'd end up with a pretty comprehensive knowledge of uh, everything in your field. Ravagandra Rao, thank you very much. This program was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.